Doctor, look. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Doctor Homebrew. Welcome back, everybody. It's Dr. Homebrew, Quarantine Edition. We're here. This is our first quarantine show, I believe. Uh, I am stuck at home in Oakley. I say stuck. Uh, you know, I'm in my the, the best place I could possibly be uh, right now. And I'm joined via the internet, which is still a thing. <coughs> who knew? With Brian Cooper and Brian Shar, who are both, I, I think, holed up in the same in the same hotel room. Am I mistaken on that? <laughs> no. Uh, we're way more than six feet apart from one another. Uh, okay. That's I'm, too... I'm here in home in Martinez, man. Nice. Beautiful Martinez. Always part tra- of the Brewing uh, Network. That's right. That's right. I'm in scenic Tracy, California. <laughs> <laughs> well, does it smell like cow poopy out there or is that gone now? Uh, yeah, all the beers smell like cow poop. So I have to nice. adjust them up a few points. I love no. it. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm, well, we have it smells COVID-y. There you go. <laughs> well, that's it's like like chlorine gas, where like if you you smell it, you have some time, but if you see it, you're already dead. That kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. That's how it is out in COVID land. Or, um, we do have some beers from home brewers who who were kind enough to mail both Brian's individual packages. Yes, thank you very much, brewers. Yeah, because there's no logistical way. Even though I sort of did, I don't want to do it again. Uh, it would it was like going to fall on me to drive out to uh, the back roads of Livermore and then come back and then go over to Martinez and it's like I don't want to do that. It's, that's an hour in each direction <laughs> for yeah. me. So you guys um, are saving a little wear and tear on on me personally, but also it's the best way to get the beers to Brian and Brian at you know for the moment right now. So I appreciate you guys for uh, sending beers to the boys. And so we're going to talk to these brewers uh, coming up here in just a little bit. But I wanted to check in real fast with you guys. How are you guys, you know, keeping up uh, uh, your spirits among the the <laughs> lockdown, which was just now extended in our area for a whole nother month? Yeah, um, man, I'm doing I'm doing fine. I've I'm uh, my job is considered essential, so I'm actually at work. <laughs> okay. <laughs> It's quieter than being at home with my kids, so you guys will be happy about that. Uh, but, um, you know, I did take a good uh, stretch off uh, just after Easter. I took Good Friday and then the week after that off and had 10 days to kind of shelter in place and experience this. And I I know that I, I can understand the stir crazy. I mean, for me, it was a novelty. Uh, but, yeah, the, the stir craziness that people are experiencing having weeks on end of that. By the done, end of the 10 days, I was kind of ready to go back to my, my scene here we didn't do much we got out the patio furniture and it was nice out we had a had a good week and really you know uh, did a lot of fun things at home and uh uh tried to make you know keep it <laughs> keep things going but yeah uh, yeah it's just it's very different right now and, and and our heart goes out to anyone who's personally affected by this thing and yeah. it's just oh 
Yeah, it sucks. It's sad, but the effort that everybody's making to, to stay isolated and uh, uh, stay six feet apart is, uh, you know, the runners that go by me when I'm out on the path running and, mm. and, and they veer this way. And it's like, it's a happy thing. People veer like you stink like a <laughs> rotten piece of cheese. And uh, you're, you just love it. You're not offended. And, and everybody's so friendly out here. It's, you know, in the, in the suburban kind of areas, you know, in Livermore where I live, it, it's everybody's very friendly. And, and a lot of people are out getting exercise and yeah. enjoying the sunshine safely. And I think that's great. Shar, what about you? How, how are you doing? You, uh, you are considerably older than both uh, Cooper and myself put together, probably. So Con- Considerably? Yes, yeah. I'm here in my 90s. So uh, <laughs> uh, the 1990s, uh, yeah. uh, I, you know, I, my office is about a mile away. It's actually down the block from the old Brewing Network studios. Oh, great. Luigi's Deli there in Martinez. Oh, man. And I miss it's Luigi. just me in my office anyway. So... I just go to my office like I would anyway, because I'm yeah. by myself anyway. Okay. So yeah. not that much difference in my day-to-day life. Uh, I generally don't see a lot of people during the day the best of times. <laughs> so it's it's pretty normal for me. My my daughter is 12, almost 13, and she's about to go insane uh, because they've, they've canceled school for the rest of the school year. And they're doing right. that distance learning stuff, which everyone's doing their best to make that work the students and the teachers but it's tough when you're 12 and you want to see your friends and do stuff and you have activities and all of a sudden it's like oh yeah the school musical you've been practicing for for months oh yeah we can't do it uh right you can't see your friends and it's it's tough when you're you know 12 almost 13 yeah yeah i do feel for the kids (laughs) oh for sure taryn and i were talking about how how bad it must be for teenagers because at this you know at 14 to 16 right because or apparently even 12 because the most important thing in the world is hanging out with your friends and the last thing you ever want to do is spend a moment with your parents and now you're all sort of jammed in together that's got to be very tough on on the teen brain yes yeah um, well, that's very good. I'm glad you guys are, are, are coping. I'm glad you guys are, are staying far apart from people with, you know, in, in certain circumstances, I suppose. And, uh, that's what especially we're doing. Each other. Yeah. Especially each other. Um, that's what we're doing out here in Oakley. Um, the last thing I want to do is go into the studio. So this is going to be it for at least a couple of shows. I don't know. We'll see. Even when the shelter in place is sort of lifted, I'm very, I don't know. We'll see. And we're at least going to do, so this is, these are shows for April. We're at least going to do two more shows uh, for May uh, in this remote setup. And then, you know, who knows? If we open it up, we'll see what happens. But um, anyway, yeah. uh, Brian Cooper, who is our first guest who I should get on the phone here? Uh, it is our, 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 our new friend. Well, uh, first, we want to we want to thank uh, Five Star yes. for being our sponsor. Absolutely. And uh, I want to – I want to – thank them for su- supporting a hobby that is probably thriving in this, this new environment. And I hear a lot of people are brewing more than ever. Yeah. They're going to need some PBW. They're going to need some more star mm-hmm. sand and stock that stuff up and, and keep your, keep your beers clean and, and keep your equipment clean and keep it going. So thank mm-hmm. you to five star. Um, we always want to do that. And and I will say one, one other thing just briefly is uh, please, please. You're, we're hearing a lot in the news about craft breweries that are suffering and, uh, you can homebrew all you want, please. But, uh, you know, I've been working hard to kind of support my, my local craft breweries. I haven't, you know, uh, I've been drinking all local beers uh, for the most part, uh, had a few, few commercials around, but, 
uh, just crap beer, support it, keep them going, buy some yeah. cans, show up. They've been really good about practicing social distancing at, you mm-hmm. know, they'll sit at their door and give you four packs or you know, buy a case of those four packs. <laughs> that you. Yeah, I, I, I agree with both of those points. Fivestarchemicals.com. Check them out. Please support them. They keep paying us to be here for you. And, uh, you know, we obviously wouldn't be doing that uh, for, you know, for just anybody. So check them out. Fivestarchemicals.com. And, yeah, you know, drinking locally, I have been basically drinking local beer only. That's really all I drink. It's mainly Sierra Nevada. But uh, a couple of weeks ago, my friend Brad went up to Heretic, and he and I split a bunch of beers. Um, and then I ordered some beer from Crooked Lane, our uh, co-host on the session, Teresa. She is shipping beer in California. You can go to the crookedlanebrewery.com or whatever. Yeah, and it's, dude, shipping's like 10 bucks, and you you have to get a case, but you build your own case, and there's all all sorts of beer on there that uh, they'll can, and they'll drop it off. I ordered Friday, I don't know, afternoon, Saturday morning, 9.36, Someone knocks on the door, leaves a case of beer on my... I'm like, wow! And they're up in Auburn. So that was cool. Um, Society, our friend Dougie from Society, they're shipping beer in California as well. So my friend Brad and I, uh, Weasel, uh, we or we split a, a shipment of beer, and I still owe him money. <laughs> I still owe money for that. Um, so there's that going on, which makes me feel a little bit more comfortable because I am a little weird at, weirded out about you know yeah. this whole thing. I'm I have anxiety anyways. <clears throat> so even though everyone's practicing you know things or whatever, um, don't be upset if you own a brewery and people you know like I don't show up because I'm not gonna. I, I don't know. I'm I don't even do my own shopping. I get it delivered. It's just that's the vibe I'm on right now, and it's fine. But I know uh, Vito was supposed to be our our, our old uh, old timey friend Vito. Um, he was he's been on a few shows. He's from Doze, but he Vito Delucci. Yeah. yeah, he's opened up he's opened a brewery Imperial Beer Project. Yeah. I think is what it's called in Brentwood, which is ten minutes down my street. I don't I haven't been there yet because I'm I'm just I'm I'm waiting. I don't know. I'm waiting to feel a little bit better about it. And I told him I was like, look, I apologize. He's like. Look, we have cans. We'll do the six foot thing. Like we're very good at this. I'm like, I I know, but I just give me a second. So, um, if yeah. you're in the area, it's worth a drive to Brentwood, especially if you want to get out of the house. Imperial, I think it's Imperial Beer Project, right, Bry? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what they're called. All right, great beers. I've had some of his beers uh, that have been collabs before. Uh, we've had them on the show. Like I said, beers are great. Uh, so if you're looking for some new beers, some new flavors. Check them out. Uh, tell Vito uh, we said hi. All right. When you got your heretic my, beers. My Altamont uh, Maui Wowie right here. Uh, nice. And if you know the people, a lot of times they'll put it right in the back of your car for you to do total contact lists. Um, you can yeah. wear gloves and bring it into your house, sanitize everything. I, I pretty much I sanitize a lot of things that come into my house. Me too. Uh, the mail and all that stuff. I, yeah. You know, not paranoid. It's just being smart these days. Um, right, exactly. And that's the way I feel about it too. Like it, it may be overkill, but I don't care. Yeah. It makes me feel but, like I have some amount of control. Um, yeah. and I'm okay with that. It's not hurting anybody. I'm not like panicked about it, but I just want to be, you know, I want to be legit with the whole thing. So, yeah, yeah, it saves you from getting sick or somebody's grandma from dying, you know, Hey, yeah. it's worth it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so JP, when you got those heretic beers, did you yes. get any of that heretic uh, hand sanitizer? I did. And I haven't used it. I bought. I got a little bottle. 
uh, for nice. me, a little bottle for Brad, and then I got a big bottle, and I donated that to Brad's wife, Cindy, who works at uh, Kaiser. Oh, nice. Yeah, nice. because, yeah. again, the, they're, they were running out of... This is where we are. This is where we are right yeah. now, is where yeah. our hospital staff is relying on donations, which is just is terrible, but... It yes. is what it is. So, uh, yeah, so I got some of that. The, the sanitizer that uh, Jamil's making is called Germ Juice, and I think it's mm. the greatest name possibly for any product ever. <laughs> that is I awesome. I totally agree. I was, I was excited to go up there and get some, but he ended up selling it at the brewery like one or two days, sold out, yeah. and then went to like selling five-gallon tubs of it or donating it directly to first responders. Good. Good. Well, he should. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's good stuff, man. So uh, a lot of good people doing good stuff out there. A lot of breweries being impacted. And, uh, you know, it is tough. But, you know, over here on the homebrew side of things, like you said, Brian Cooper, um, people are homebrewing like crazy. And and uh, mm-hmm. I even maybe started to get a little itch about homebrewing. I'm not going to. Really? Yeah, I'm not going to do it, of course. But, uh, you know, I, I sort of miss it. I sort of miss it. Um, Cooper, who are we talking to? We're, we're calling Keith uh, from, from Virginia. Keith from Virginia. All right. Well, let's get Keith on the line here. Uh, I am excited to get back into a little bit of, uh, of Dr. Homebrew. You know, I, I did miss talking to you guys and uh, talking to the homebrewers and uh, chatting about, about uh, homebrew. Keith, are you there? Keith. Keith is not there. Hmm. Well, we are using a new uh, communications uh, mode right here. <laughs> That's true. We are. Um, like everyone. Surprisingly, we're not using Zoom like everybody else in the world seems to be. Well, we could have, um, but I'm more familiar with this setup, so we'll just... Yeah. Uh, you well, know, I don't, we'll I don't care. I'm not, I'm, I've, I've got no preference either way. I mean, it's yeah. all the same thing as far as I'm concerned. You're right, exactly. Maybe next time we will, um, you know, but... Uh, why am I having a hard time calling Keith? I'm having a hard time getting a hold of him. You got his phone number, yeah? Yeah, I'm yeah. right off the email there. Is what I'm. Uh, okay. Yeah. 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 I just reconfirmed with everybody today. They said it was the right numbers. Hopefully, we're not having a technological difficulty. Oh, is he calling? He's calling me back. Why is uh, he calling me? Go away. Stop calling me, Keith. This is really, this is the the part of like uh, doing live radio and stuff that I hate. This stuff mm-hmm. sucks because it's like, well, then now people are listening to this, and then I'm while I'm calling him, I'm trying to figure out if I should uh, delete it or not or whatever. Keith, hey, we got hey, it. Hey, what's going on? Not much, man. What's up with you? Oh, uh, not much. Tasting some of my beers along with y'all. Nice. Oh, good. I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, well, Keith, before we get into your beers, um, well, see, are you on a headset? Because I can sort of hear myself. Uh, yeah, I have it on Bluetooth. I can turn it off that if you want me to. Yeah, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah. I'm going to sound a little better. Thanks, man. Okay. Better? I think so. Much better. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, before we get into your beers, bro, how long have you been brewing? And I excuse, uh, pardon me for calling you bro. I don't. We don't know each other <laughs> like that, so it just slipped. It slipped out. What do you want? I don't know. It's, it's a bro name. I get it. Um, <laughs> just about two years. Oh, two years! Damn, dude, you're a little baby, you're a little yeah. home brewer baby. Oh yeah. And what beer yeah, are we sure. trying, uh, Brian? What beer are we trying with Keith right now? We're gonna taste this Belgian blonde ale. 
Belgian. Bl- oh, that's such a good beer, dude. Where did you get this recipe from? Uh, well, I pulled the malt bill from uh, the AHA website. I can't remember exactly which one I used. Okay. And then I kind of just went with it for the hops. Just, I had an, some East Kent Golding left over. I just did a there regular, you, you know, uh, hop rate for blondes. Okay. Excellent. But, Man, I like that. I wish I could be uh, uh, drinking some of it now, but uh, unfortunately, I'll have to rely on the expert, nay, master descriptions from Brian and Brian <laughs> to talk about this. Is this your first Belgian blonde? Yeah, this is my first one. Okay. What do you think? Of, well, what do you think about it? The boys have already judged it, so I don't care what they say. What do you think about it? How do you? Where do you? Where do you think it lands? I like it, but you know. Sometimes me liking my own kind of concerns me because the two I had before that were kind of just flops. Yeah. So, you know, I taste this. I said, there's no way this is as, you know, good as I personally think so. Um, so I was going to submit them to competitions. I signed up for my first competition to enter it to get some real feedback. And then, you know, stuff hit the fan and all those got canceled. So, right. Yeah. Next next thing is shipping it to California, right? There we go. Twice. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, well, hey, Brian, um, hmm, eeny, meeny, miny, Shar. Brian Shar, why don't you go ahead and go first, man? You know, I thought we were starting with a different beer, so I don't have this one in front of me. So why don't we have Cooper go first? I'm going to go pour this Belgian blonde right now. Brian Cooper, let's go. <laughs> okay, all right. So, yeah, I just finished working, and I, 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 I judged the beer at work at my desk here, and I just yanked it out of my, my cooler so it was probably a little colder than I would have hoped to have it um, when it was served. Uh, so uh, I'm going to I'm going to probably pardon me. I'll probably have some different tasting notes as I go along here um, through the the description of this beer. But um, thank you for sharing it. And yeah, it's a category 25A in the 2015 guidelines. Um, I thought in the nose it has a it's pleasantly malty and um, the light kind of honey-like note uh, and just a hint of a spicy hop. Uh, there's a low and maybe slightly kind of vegetal-like peppery note. Um, it's um, more prominent than the esters. Uh, the, low, the fruity esters are pretty low. It's not a, not a super fruity. You know, it's nice to have a little more of the kind of orange-like or lemony character in these beers that you get in a lot of them. Um, it's not coming through as much. I'm getting kind of a, a more of a muted honey-like malt uh, behind that. Um, at first, it was kind of snappier in the nose. Maybe it kind of felt like got kind of a little green pepper in the phenolic, but it's 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 fading. You know, it's kind of the more classic uh, peppery, white peppery, you know, phenolic. Um, and um, you know, there's no no DMS or diacetyl. The alcohol is is uh, is noticeable in the nose. That's it's not uh, not super sharp. It doesn't smell like higher alcohols. It's just kind of a a little sweetness from the alcohol. Uh, the beer is a yellow colored beer with a, a medium low white head of finer bubbles. Uh, persisted quite well, and uh, the clarity is good. But only some minor haze going on here, and uh, you know you can. Um, it's generally a little little clearer, but uh, you could filter that out or or, or uh, find that out. Uh, and the flavor, getting a medium light grainy malt. It's accented with a modest amount of uh, bitterness. 
it's not too much bitterness. I think it was maybe when it was colder, it was a little more biting and sharp, sharp to my uh, palate. But uh, you know, peppery phenolic is, is medium in there and playing off that that bitterness. And at first it was a little, maybe a little harsher when it was colder, but now it's kind of smoothing out a little bit. Um, medium, low spicy hop and uh, Belgian, you know, ale fermentation character is, is noticeable, but not over the top. Uh, you know, just a little bit of that pepperiness. Uh, the beer's balanced in the malt. Um, definitely some alcohol coming through here as well. It's kind of a sweetness. Uh, and uh, earlier, again, it felt a little biting, but now it's a little less so. Uh, the mouthfeel is spritzy. This is quite a uh, effervescent beer, uh, high CO2, and it does have some slight warmth in the background. Uh, not super creamy or smooth. It's just uh, it's a little bit of a, a biting quality from that carbonic bite, I think, and uh, possibly just a touch of astringency, but not uh, nothing too too harsh in there. Um, yeah, so the warmth is kind of medium. It's, uh, it's it, again, it's smooth enough. It's not too bad. Um, but yeah, um, overall, the uh, Belgian Blonde Ale, fairly fairly well-crafted uh, Belgian Blonde. Uh, really not getting any, any glaring flaws here. Just some minor notes as I've gone over. A lot of these are just finer, finer points. Um, just a you know a little bit rough around the edges, at least when it was colder. And I still get a little um, a little bit of bite and a little bit of heat in the back of the throat, which to me says there's maybe some something alcoholic about it. A little bit more higher alcohols that could be um, smoother in and in a slightly. Uh, nicer example of the style. So not to say it's not, it's, it's totally drinkable. It's pretty smooth. Could just use a little more of that um, the fruity uh, yeast character, that kind of lemony oranginess in there. You can play around with different, different yeasts and work on your, um, you know, fermentation, uh, the temperature, the ramping, the, um, you know, oxygenation, everything else. Um, and, um, you know, I guess the malt bill seemed like it was fairly, fairly simple it's not super complex to me but um you know overall i thought this fell into very good uh, territory kind of the middle of that i would i would give it a, a 33 very good that's not bad brian Shar, are you ready now i am ready all right let's uh, go yeah i definitely liked it uh that aroma uh got a clean pilsner malt sweetness uh is the main aroma component uh Got some uh, sort of low honey, uh, I think possibly from the uh, the alcohol. Uh, low to medium, what I think of as Belgian fermentation esters, which are, are yeast-derived. Uh, I got like a very low uh, apple, which is appropriate in, in this beer. Uh, not like a, a you know, unpleasant DMS apple, but really perhaps more of a, a, more of a fermentation uh, ester. Uh, it's really clean. Uh, I thought com- pretty complex. Uh, gave it 10 out of 12. Uh, appearance is a huge head that's quite persistent, uh, light golden in color. Uh, there is a slight haze that I did knock a point off for. Uh, so you have the two out of three for appearance. Uh, flavor, initially the flavor is uh, malty, sort of a Pilsner malt character from that uh, with sort of a low to medium hot bitterness to balance. Uh, finish, is balanced uh, toward malt, uh, as is the after, the, sort of the overall long aftertaste. 
there is like a really long uh, aftertaste in this beer, which is nice. Uh, I get a, a, a low to medium sort of sweet ethanol that's not harsh at all. You know, in these higher alcohol beers, you always are going to get some presence of alcohol that's noticeable. And you want that both in, uh, but not just the aroma and the flavor, but also in the mouthfeel. And kind of the key to that is that it's not harsh. Uh, and I'll be curious later to hear about how you fermented this, because typically you avoid that harshness with temperature control and you don't let the temperature take excursions way up to, uh, you know, 75, 80, 85 degrees where you you get your fusel alcohols typically. Uh, Get sort of a low apple uh, ester flavor kind of matching what I got in the uh, the aroma. Uh, It's extremely well attenuated. Uh, And as it warms, I actually get a little bit of a grapefruit character, uh, which I think is interesting. Uh, I think more as an ester than as, as a hop. So really like the flavor. The flavor was complex and interesting. Gave it 16 out of 20. Uh, mouthfeel five out of five, medium body, medium warning, war- warning, uh, warning. This is a good beer. Uh, <laughs> it's medium warming, uh, medium carbonation, creamy, not astringent. Uh, an overall impression I gave it nine out of 10. I, I really like this beer a lot. Uh, I think it's a really well-made, uh, Belgian, uh, a little more clarity would be nice. Maybe, uh, you don't need to go to the trouble of filtering, but perhaps, like a little cold crashing at the end of fermentation, if you have that capability. Uh, but it's only a very slight amount of haze. Uh, and I, I know that Brian had, Brian and I differed by quite a, a bit on this beer and kind of the downside of doing this show where we're all, you know, 25 miles apart from each other is we're not all drinking out of the same bottle. And because we're drinking out of different bottles, it's impossible to tell if there's bottle variation uh, between them. But overall, Really liked it. I gave it forty-two out of fifty. Mm, wow. Yeah, we're, we would have some discussing to do if, or you know, yeah, if we're drinking out of the same bottle, maybe we would have been closer. But uh, you know, I, I I did like the beer as well. I thought it was very good. I could probably come up a point or two on this beer. It's it's really got a lot of redeeming qualities, and uh, I think uh, pouring it a little colder than it than it should have been at first was you know, might've, might've made it seem a little harsher to me than, than it is oh, yeah. um, now. So I think I probably would have come up a couple of points at least to like a 30, 35 or so. And we would have, then we're yeah. seven points apart at least. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah no, it's good. Overly enthusiastic myself. So uh, if I, I'm, I'm sure we could come to a consensus within seven points. If we were drinking out of the same bottle, we were in the same place. Yeah. Well, normally Can't do that for a while. <laughs> yeah. Well, normally uh, uh, behind the scenes here is normally you guys have the same bottle but two straws, and they're in uh, the bottle yeah. hole, and then that's how you get. And then that's adorable. Yeah. And then Cooper goes, "Okay, uh, I'm going to blow," and he blows it in, and then Brian drinks. It's a weird thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we then we eat our Lady in the Tramp spaghetti where that's we right. get it yeah. at the end of the strand. Yeah. It's just so cute. It is cute. And then. Then you see us both. In you the guys hospital. need to hang up. Like yeah. the <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it's only better if you're here, Keith. Otherwise, then it's awkward if you're not here. Um, do you have yeah, any questions? They're wheeling already. There you go. Yeah. Um, do you have any questions for these boys? So, yeah. So, carbonic bite. Um, what would that be a result of? Probably water. Well, no. The uh, carbonic carbonic acid is just CO two in in liquid. So. Um, you know, it's, it is a spritzy effervescent beer. And I think maybe the, the carbonic bite, you know, 
you want you want it to be spritzing. You actually did a pretty good job getting all the, you know, it should be medium high to high carbonation. And you got a lot of carbonation in the bottle, which is, you know, impressive. A lot of times you'd be faulted more for having it too flat. So I don't know that I would would um would back off on the carbonation, you know, on in retrospect here, because I think it was just uh, it would be it would be served warm enough that 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 carbonic acid wouldn't really bite the way it did when I was judging it the first time here. So again, that's where you would have gotten a, okay. a point up, and that might it's not, not notice that as much. But this one. Uh, um, did we? Uh, I did bile conditions any... that might have made it a little different on that bite. Plus the haze, uh, y'all ended yeah. up pouring the whole thing out. Probably got the the dregs of it. Oh, we poured it gently, and I still have about you know half of half of the bottle left. So. It's yeah, sitting here, you know. Yeah, it's it's um it's definitely that that uh, haze is definitely in suspension. It was it was sitting in my um in my fridge for you know a good long while before I um uh, I judged the one at home that I or you know before I, I brought it here and judged it. I guess I guess it could have gotten shaken up a little bit in transit. I'm thinking about it now, but <laughs> probably uh, that makes the most sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So what I did, the note I did right for you, Brian, that you asked me about earlier today was that I was developing it for a wild beer experiment. And I kind of wanted to solidify the recipe around the yeast before going ahead and executing that where I would just brew it and stick it in a cool ship outside overnight and hopefully catch something friendly. Um, so mm-hmm. like what other adjustments do you think would need to necessarily need to be made to the recipe that would make it more uh, uh better for lack of a better term yeah uh well your your bitterness probably needs to be backed off um you want to you want to keep it below if you know three or four ibus so if if you're going to sour it the the bugs aren't going to be as happy um but yeah this one feels more a little higher which you know for for the style you know it should have a little more uh, uh bitterness but it's um, yeah. In this case, if you're going to sour it, you definitely want to want to back that off, and uh, and okay. also use aged tops if you can. Um, so you know it's it's uh, it's going to be a different beer going in, but yeah, this can have 15 to 30 IBUs if you're just going by the style guidelines, and and you want to get it get it well lower than that. <laughs> so cut the yeah, I would cut out most all of the bittering hops, you know, put in a few old pellets, the oldest hops you have around or something. <laughs> Just okay. to it a little bit, but yeah. Um, um, also, I think, other than that, like, I think it's like a Raptor made it. I'm sorry. sorry. Go, ahead. go ahead, Keith. So, in, okay. In retrospect, so I made the, I made it with a Belgian yeast in retrospect, probably wasn't the best idea to get a good idea of like what it would turn out in the long run, roughly. Uh, is there a better strain you'd recommend over a Belgian strain? Well, I think Belgian strain would be great. I think the strain you used gave it a lot of good character. Mm. Some of that will stay through into the finish. And, and yeah, a lot of the great, you know, a lot of the best <laughs> sour beers are made with, with Belgian strains, in my opinion. But, uh, you know, you could you could try uh, splitting a batch with some other yeast and, and, and sour them both and see where they go. But uh, yep. I think this is a pretty good base for for a sour beer. It tastes like something that would would sour yeah. well once yeah. they get that bitterness out of the way. Yeah, having not tasted it at all, of course, um, I think Cooper's probably right. You you slam that bitterness down because that's going to hide your your malt flavors and all that kind of good stuff. And if you have a good fermentation, it doesn't I don't think the yeast matters necessarily a whole lot because 
of the wild part is going to come through. And that's really what you want to focus on. So if you have a lot of that good malt up front, that's, you know, your yeast esters and your, your, your hops and all that kind of stuff are not going to sort of clash or, or, or um, you know, override any sort of wild, you know, yeast that you have and, and flavors from that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. I think, I think under doing on the hops, the, that's really the, the, the key, right, Brian? That kind of, yeah, that's kind of what sure. you're saying, right? But in a, and yeah. Um, yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say that's kind of what you're saying, but smarter than I did. I, I said it in a <laughs> dumb way. Mm. Well, people will understand it that way, so that's that's good. That's, <laughs> that's why right. we all work so well together. You're right. Um, uh, Keith, do you but, have a recipe you can go through real fast? Yeah, um, I uh, I start from distilled water and I rebuild using the tool on Beersmith with the American Lager profile. So. Epsom salt, baking soda, gypsum, calcium chloride. Um, and then for the malt, I use 10 pounds of Pilsner, 2 pounds of pale. Um, for the hops, I use East Kent Golding, um, 0.7 for 60 minutes, ounces 0.9 ounces for 20 minutes, and a flame out 0.7. And then I use 10 ounces of uh, creamed honey. There's a Trappist monastery not far from me that sells pretty nice creamed honey. And, uh, they were out of the regular flavor when I went and bought it. So I got the lemon flavored. Um, not sure how much that really added though, uh, especially with where I added it. And I, then I used WLP 570 for the yeast, uh, two, two vials of it. Yeah. What is cream? What is creamed honey? I honestly can't tell you. I'm pretty sure it's unpasteurized to a degree, um, but you know I'm not a honey expert, so. Okay, no, looks, I, I'm just curious. Yeah, did it look super thick and 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 kind of uh, opaque and and creamy looking, or was it clear? Yeah, yeah, creamy. Okay. So did you did you temp control your fermentation? Uh, not to the degree that y'all might be expecting. I, uh, you know, <laughs> stuck it in my mom's basement for a couple weeks yeah. and, uh, let it go. Okay. Creamed honey is a honey that has been processed to control crystallization. Creamed honey contains a large number of small crystals, which prevent the formation of large crystals that can occur in unprocessed honey. The processing also produces a honey with a smooth, spreadable consistency. Huh. Yeah. All right. I, I bought it at a bread store. So. <laughs> yeah. A bread sense. store. Damn. So the honey is oh, going to yeah. more uh, dry the body out, uh, and um, you know, and that's good. Good for mm-hmm. the spear. You want some some sugar in there. Um, when you sour it, when you when you use a really dry beer to sour, uh, the bugs don't have as much to chew on either. So you have to take that into consideration. It might not be a um, you know extremely sour beer. It might just be a lightly sour. Uh, uh, beer if the mm-hmm. bugs uh, do their work but you know um honey honey is fun to use in beers for sure and that's that, that's an interesting one i'm not really getting any much lemoniness out of it but um you know it did the body did dry yeah. out nicely well that that explains that yeah. kind of fruit character that i got as it warmed mm. up in the flavor uh kind of in the finish and that's probably a consequence of the honey hmm. thanks so hey are you in a homebrew club I almost forgot to ask. How could I forget that? <laughs> You're out of practice. I anticipating that early, early. It kind of threw me off. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm in a club called the Social Fermenters. We're based out of House 6 Brewing in Ashburn, Virginia. Nice. 
And what are you guys doing in this era right now? Are you meeting online or doing uh, anything events-wise? <laughs> uh, well, we had a Zoom happy hour just the other night. Um, yeah. That's like the strongest degree. We're not really meeting up. Uh, our president does have a lot of ingredients on hand. He works with the brewery that, that hosts us and gets a lot of the extras. And so will put a message on our Facebook group and say, hey, who wants a pound of Kewl Melon, for example, and whoever does will put it on his doorstep and he pick it up. Wow. He also has a yeast yeah. lab in his basement. He's the one I was actually going to collaborate with this beer with to like, cause he knows a little more about yeast. He's got this professional setup just in his basement. Um, yeah. So he provides yeast pitches for a few of us as well. But I just love the degree. Guys are like I'll put it on my porch and you pick it up. Sorry. Yeah. I, I love that you guys are just casually tossing around pound lots of Huel Melon. Yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah, I still have a lot left over. It's pretty interesting how little I actually use that hop. I love that you know, hop. I was like, yeah, screw it. The pound sounds great. Yeah, dude. Uh, that hop uh, is so good. We did uh, our beer camp yeah. beer, our uh, Vienna Lager at Sierra Nevada a couple years ago, and that was the hop. I fell in love with that hop, and I'm like, we need to – I demand that we use this in the dry, and we, so we dry hopped with it. It was good, nice. so good, dude. Uh, that that's a good hop, man. But you can't dry well, hop. Save, with once I actually get into temp control, I'll save it for being a lager, like you did. Please do, man. Please do. Um, do we have any questions, Keith? Do you have any questions for the guys, and, and uh, then vice versa? No, I think I got most of my questions out. Do you guys have any questions for me? Okay. No, I think we're good. Okay. Yeah. I would say, too, if you want to learn a little bit more about sours and making sours and everything that goes into it, check out the uh, Milk the Funk wiki or milkthefunk.com. It's just uh, a really good uh, uh, resource for anyone making sours, and they probably have some good advice on there about primary yeast strains that work well with sours and uh, and about the bitterness questions and about about brett and everything else and all the yeah. different flavors that you can get in sours. So sours is a fun adventure. Have, have a good time uh, when you get back to... Uh, normal and well, you have time right now to let something start souring. Mm. Taste it oh, six yeah. months from sure. now. It's or, true. All the time in the world. There you go. Yeah. We've also got a show right here on the Brewing Network called the Sour Hour. That's all about uh, sour beer and making <laughs> sour beer. Mm-hmm. I'll check it out. <laughs> thanks, Keith. Well, I got time. All right, thank you. <laughs> all right, we'll talk to you. Cheers. All right, bye. Thanks. Thank you. Cool. Good stuff. You know what else is good stuff? Of course, the folks at Duke Cannon. And they want to remind you that Thick is in. And they have a whole line of Thick High Viscosity Body Wash that is uh, $9 each, or you can buy all four for 30 bucks, which is pretty good, man. And they have, uh, like I said, four different scents. They have Accomplishment, which is a citrus profile with sandalwood and oak moss. Uh, Naval Supremacy, which is a refreshing ocean scent with notes of fresh water, musk, and bergamot. Old Glory, which is a rich, sophisticated, and classily, classically masculine scent that blends notes of tobacco, cedarwood, and amber. And then Productivity, which is peppermint, pine, and eucalyptus, which I have and I used uh, not today because I haven't showered yet, but the day before mm. I used. And I really like it. It's good stuff. And it does. It is thick body wash you do not need a whole lot of it so if you're trying to uh save every dollar that you can go to uh duke cannon use promo code brewing and save 15 percent off your entire order so don't only just get the body wash get whatever you want they have that solid cologne uh, basically all of my grooming 
uh, scents and uh, you know liquids and whatever all come from Duke Cannon. It's yeah, it's good yeah, I got stuff. A little bit of that, uh, a little bit of that stuff from you, JP. And uh, yeah, yeah, they they have the the uh, what the ball powder. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And some it, other fun products. I got a little face wash from you. So yeah, there you go. Is uh, this thick it. stuff? T H I C C. No, it's not thick in the way that the kids say. It's just thick as in like normal people talk. Gotcha. Yeah, it's actually just thick. Okay. Uh, so go to DukeCannon.com, use promo code BREWING, save 15% off, free shipping for orders over 35 bucks. So don't forget that. Cool, so, that's uh, pretty good. Yeah, I mean, look, if, if, you, if you forget your grooming products uh, at the store and you don't want to go back, or if you're anything like me and you want to get as much stuff as you can online to limit the amount of time that you are in the store, DukeCannon.com. Or if you just want to smell good, DukeCannon.com, promo code Brewing. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back with some other beer. It's Dr. Homebrew. Stay with us. Ma'am, I'll need to take your top off for this examination. Oh, doctor. All right. Welcome back, everybody. It's Dr. Homebrew. Brian and Brian are still here, still going strong, apparently, for some reason, even though they are, uh, well, one of them is in quarantine, the other one's at work. So that's, that's how it goes. Um, let's get our next dude on the phone. Uh, Brian, who are we calling? Uh, it, it is Nate from Wisconsin. Nate from Wisconsin. Okay, we're going to talk to Nate, um, and apparently he has a, looks like a passion fruit Katarina Sour next show i think we're going to do the kolsch oh it's kolsch okay perfect nate are you there i am thanks hey what's going on man thanks for joining us hello, hello. Bob. thank you guys yeah of course um thanks for uh sending in some beers i appreciate that very much yeah. uh we're going to talk Sending direct <laughs> yeah that's right uh we're going to do a kolsch right now is this your first kolsch um i've done a couple it's been a couple of years but um it's my first beer in probably two years so oh wow um, yep what got you back into brewing? Um, just missing it. I had kids in September of 2018, so just kind of getting back into things. So Okay. All right. I thought it was maybe the uh, quarantine, but it's a different kind of quarantine. <laughs> it's a different kind of quarantine. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, all right. Well, Brian Shar, let's jump into this, huh? All right. So, Nate, um, I went to high school in Pulaski, Wisconsin. Where in Wisconsin are you? So pretty much central Wisconsin, we're maybe an hour and a half north of Madison and an hour and a half west of Green Bay, Appleton area. Um, so you're like Stevens Point? Uh, 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 Super Falls, so pretty much straight in central Wisconsin. Okay, nice. Yeah, Pulaski's right side of Green Bay, so go pack. And uh, also, yep. uh, are you in a homebrew club? I am, Go ahead and say that again, Nate. Sorry. No, I'm sorry. Uh, Wisconsin River Mash Masters is the club I'm in right now. Nice. Cool. Cool. So, excellent. I really liked this Kolsch. I thought it was really a, a nicely done. It's a very difficult style uh, because it's, it's, it's pretty light and there's not really a lot to hide behind. It's like making an American lager, American light lager, something like that. Uh, and it, it can be a little tricky because of 
you know, it is more of like a, a, a German ale yeast than a, a lager yeast. So it's not, you know, necessarily intuitive for making lagers. Thought it was overall really well done. Um, aroma, got the classic Kolsch aroma. What I think of as the classic Kolsch aroma. Uh, Pilsner malt sweetness, uh, just a slight uh, a green apple fermentation character. Uh, no hop aroma, no off aromas. It's just kind of light and clean and um, really inviting. Gave that 9 out of 12. Uh, appearance, uh, it did fall down a little bit in appearance. Uh, when I first poured it, it's sort of golden in color, which is a little darker than you expect. This is like a really, really light uh, color beer. Uh, and it ended up being a lot more darker than I thought it was, was going to be. Uh, and what's interesting is I had a slight haze. Uh, when I judged this about an hour and a half ago, uh, I had a, there's a slight haze here. And now having poured another, and it's funny, having sort of interbulated the bottle by tilting it to pour my first uh, uh, sample to judge, and then I poured another one just to drink right now, and it's clear. So uh, clearly I just did something wrong or it settled in the bottle or something. So I'm going to adjust on the fly here. Uh, it's also interesting, you know, it, it is really fascinating how a beer can change between the time you write about it and the time you come back to it maybe an hour later. Uh, stuff stuff can change. Uh, so there's, there's at this point, I wouldn't say there's any haze at all. The head is low and persistent. Uh, two out of three for appearance, uh, for flavor. Pilsner malt uh, leads off along with kind of a medium-high bitterness. Uh, get, a, get a very low, kind of a spicy hop flavor I think of as kind of a noble hop. Uh, and when you tell us later about the recipe, I'll be curious about which hops you use. Uh, the balance is toward bitterness, which is not really quite what this style should be. Uh, there's a little minerality. Uh, the finish is, is bitter and long-lasting. It's kind of oriented. It's more uh, balanced toward hot bitterness. Uh, extremely well attenuated, so good job on that. Uh, gave that 13 out of 20. Uh, Mouthfeel, body's medium. Uh, carbonation in this bottle was, I thought, somewhat low, which is not is kind of contrary to the style. This is a very effervescent style, uh, and I wanted a little more carbonation here. Uh, no warming, a very slight astringency from minerality, which is okay. I didn't take any points off for that. Uh, you know, four to five for mouthfeel. Uh, overall impression. You know, you, you may not believe it from my comments. I really like this beer a lot, and I'll probably finish. Uh, this bottle, I think there's, I think I have two bottles. I'll probably finish that second bottle a little later. Uh, it's really good beer. Uh, I like the bitterness just from the standpoint of something that I like to drink. Um, but in your, when you judge, you're judging against the guidelines. Uh, and the guidelines are that this beer should not be as bitter as this, this beer is. Uh, if there were one thing that I would, would change on this, if I were you would be, uh, back off hot bitterness, uh, maybe a third next time you brew it. Because uh, it's just, it's a little, it's it's somewhat too bitter right now. If you like drinking it the way it is, just keep making it this way. There's nothing wrong with that at all. Uh, but if in terms of competition, uh, this is always going to get knocked down for being too bitter. And then carbonation is so difficult. I'll be curious later if you bottled this from a keg or, or did bottle conditioning. Uh, but if you keg, it's always so difficult 
to get the carbonation right uh, in, in the bottle when you enter it to competition. But yeah. that's carbonation's a, a point. Uh, it can have some knock-on effects later on, but in terms of the number one thing I would probably modify in this beer for competition, it would be cut back hops about a third. Uh, overall impression, I gave an eight, though. So for a total score of 36, which is very good, uh, I thought it was was really well done and easily can, with a little bit of hot bitterness adjustment, this could easily be in the 40s, I think. Nice. <clears throat> All right, Brian Cooper. All right. Um, yeah, the the Kolsch, uh, you know, had a nice uh, uh, fill, fill height, uh, light hits when it was opened. <clears throat> in the aroma, I'm getting a clean, medium, light, pills-like, grainy, sweet, you know, slightly sweet malt up front. And that, like Brian said, is really nice, kind of where it should be aroma-wise. It was really inviting. The, the fruity esters are subdued, faint, you know, um, got a little whiff of sulfur. You can get a little bit of that sometimes, but not not super like DMS or anything like that. Just uh, a little hint of that kind of uh, uh, lager-like uh, character. So it seems like it was probably fermented pretty cold. Um, get a clean, uh, floral, spicy hop. Uh, at a medium low level, no diacetyl, no no acetaldehyde or anything like that. So really, really clean, uh, clean beer. Clean fermentation is evident here. Um, yeah, color, color wise, it's a medium gold colored beer. Uh, it pours in a medium fluffy white head uh, that fades relatively soon after pouring, but had 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 pretty uh, pretty good clarity. Uh, there's a little minor amount of haze, but uh, overall. You know, it's that you'd want it a little bit clearer, uh, but uh, not to the point where I take a point off necessarily. It's it's good clarity, and uh, you know, the uh, yeah, usually they're filtered too brilliant. <laughs> so, um, and when you have them over there, they're yeah, they're usually a lot lighter and a lot more, uh, a lot clearer. So, uh, I highly recommend going to Cologne if you can get over there and. Uh, it's a lot of fun to taste. And they're small sample sizes, so you can drink a lot of them. Uh, but usually you're just drinking at one brewery. Okay, I digress. Um, hey. Flavor-wise, it's a it has a pleasant German maltiness, uh, maybe a little bolder than you might get in some of them, but uh, you know, it, it's the distinctly German tasting uh, pills malt kind of character, uh, but rich. Um, you know, not super over the top rich. Uh, it, it, it's, it gets slightly covered up by the, the, the medium bitterness that's here, uh, or perhaps also accented by, uh, some minerals in your water, uh, that are accenting that, uh, bitterness. Um, again, in the flavor, it seems cleanly fermented. There's, there's not, uh, not, not any real flaws to note here at all. Um, very clean. Um, hop character is just a low herbal floral note. Uh, the beer is definitely balanced to the malt, and uh, mouthfeel-wise, uh, it's a uh, medium light-bodied with medium low carbonation. I think the carbonation should be a, a bit higher. Um, and to me, one of the main issues with the beer, in, in addition to you know, kind of general boldness and, and slight dark, darker than than expected qualities, is that. Uh, you really want a nice crisp mouthfeel, uh, just refreshing and just floats off your tongue effortlessly and you want another sip. Um, this one's a little more challenging to, 
to drink. Not necessarily there's anything bad with it. It's just like, wow, that's a little bit bolder than I, than I expect in the Kolsch. And it's not just crisp and light. And, uh, you know, uh, some of the best examples is really just bright crispness that just goes zing and you want another sip. Um, so, uh, you know, I think that uh, there could be a little bit of astringency in here. I'm not sure if it's just bitterness, uh, but if, or if there's any um, astringency in here, sometimes it's hard for me personally as a judge to separate the two. That might be a weakness of mine. It's just like a lot of times when I get a beer that's too bitter that, that I also get a little bit of, I feel like I'm getting astringency too, even though it's not like sucking on grape skins or anything like that. But they are, I think, kind of related. Um, but overall impression, uh, boy, this is a, it's a well-made beer with a really good malt character fitting of a German style. Um, you know, kind of Kolsch-like. Uh, the aroma, again, was really inviting. I really like the aroma on this beer. If you keep that and, and lighten it up and, uh, you know, maybe back off, like, like Brian said, the, the bitterness, a fair amount, at least a third. And um, maybe check your water profile. And uh, if there's some mineral issues going on here, you could dial those back. Um, but start with RO and, and, and build it up to a cologne profile. <laughs> um, but yeah, check, check the, the bittering hops, especially. And, uh, you know, if, if, if you feel like you're getting any, any astringency, just kind of, uh, watch the sparge too. you know, keep the, um, uh, keep the pH below six and, uh, the temperature, uh, you know, below 168 Fahrenheit and, uh, don't collect past like 1010 or 1008, uh, you know, last runnings. So, Otherwise, it's a it's a very good beer. I, I give it a thirty two. Um, it, it's amazing how clean the beer is, and you're you're doing a really good yeah. job with your fermentation. So you're doing a lot of something right. You you know what you're doing here, and it's mostly just kind of recipe and balance issues. So um, yeah, thank you for sharing it. That's it's a it's an enjoyable beer. Like Brian said, you could drink a lot of this. It's really tasty. You make me thirsty, Brian. Mm. <laughs> Uh, Nate, do you have any questions for the guys? Any response to the uh, the master level BJCP guidance you just got? <laughs> no, I mean the, the feedback there is pretty awesome. And just looking at my recipe here, and as you guys are talking, I think I think I kind of know where I fell short there. So, um, you know, again, with this being my first beer in a couple of years, my notes probably weren't the best. Um, so, out of a ten and a half pound green bill, there um, at seven and a half pounds of um, I put Avangard. I'm I'm thinking that that was a pale ale malt and not a pilsner avant-garde so um i think that's probably where the lightness i'm missing on on that i think it was more of a more towards the ale style um that's where the darkness is coming from and then on my um my hops i did three ounces of german traditional hops i did one and a half um bittering hops one half ounces at 60 minutes one ounce at 30 minutes and then a half ounce at 10 minutes and i'm wondering if i take that that half ounce out at the 60 minutes and just do a one ounce, one ounce, and maybe like a, you know, go to go to that, just keep a half ounce at 10 minutes or maybe put a half ounce in a whirlpool, something to that, that regard that might help out on that bitterness. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I think that would help. Yeah. And then like uh, astringency part, I, I was kind of interested in your comments there because a lot of my beers I'm finding kind of just this off flavor. And I think I'm attributing a lot of it to the, to the, my, my tagging system. I went up changing some, beverage lines and that seemed to help a lot but i still get this kind of back of the throat almost like a plasticky flavor once in a while i don't know if that's necessarily a stringency but 
a lot of my home brews kind of got the same flavor and it seems to happen more once they go to keg. So it's either something either, you know, late in, late in the, in the brewing process, or maybe it's with the fermentation there, but um, I was curious about your comments on the astringency. So I'm, uh, I've been doing a lot of brew in the bag type um, where I kind of do like a two vessel thing where I pretty much mash in one vessel and then I kind of um, do my sparge water up to like, you know, 175, 180, and then kind of keep that at like 170 for 10 minutes to kind of do a, you know, uh, a mash out type of process. So I'm wondering, you know, what, what, what might people do to, to help that astringency? I heard a few things about pH and temperature there wise, but um, I typically try to hold the pH or the um, um, temperature around 154, 155. But I mean, that can vary a little bit. I mean, with doing a brew in a bag, it can change a little bit by the time you put your water and grains in there. So just curious on those off flavors, especially with astringency, how you might be able to improve on that. Because I think I know how to adjust for the color and the bitterness. I, I recognize that with my notes, but trying to get some of those off flavors is really where I'm, I'm struggling on some of these beers. Yeah, yeah, with brew in a bag, you shouldn't get much astringency uh, at all. So um, again, it might be the... Uh, the bitterness was playing in a way that it seemed like a little astringency. I think from uh, dirty lines and things like that, sometimes you can get a little bit of uh, bacterial growth in there and you might get some uh, kind of phenolics or some funkiness that gets mixed in just lightly with the beer. And phenolics can also give you a sense of a little bit of astringency. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if keep, yeah, change those lines out, keep them clean and, and, and clean your equipment uh, uh, well. And, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it seems like you really know what you're doing, but yeah, you know, that I'm just giving the classic advice for a stringency, <laughs> but it's, it's really, really light in this case. So I, I almost hesitate to even say that much because it's not, it's not bad. <laughs> yeah. I, I agree yeah, with Brian that it can be difficult sometimes to tell hot bitterness and astringency apart. Uh, and I, I, I tend to attribute whatever you're getting to more of the more of hot bitterness Having said that, did you talk about water adjustment and I just missed it? Did, did you adjust your water at all? I didn't, no. And, and, you know, shame on me for not taking better notes. And I've done a couple of beers since here, but I think I just used our, our normal tap water. Um, so okay. whatever is typical central Wisconsin tap water here. Um, a lot of times what I do, do, do is that's well water or river water. Do you have the source of that? Hang on, Brian. Go, keep uh, Finish up, Nate. Sorry. Oh, no, no, sorry. Typically what I've been doing is doing more spring water, bottled spring water, or if I do use tap water, I try to put um, a chloramine tablet in there. I, I didn't okay. write down if I use the chloramine tablet on this one, so mm -hmm. I'm wondering if maybe, you know, some of those off flavors could be just the municipal water. Um, but no, 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 no water adjustments are made, just straight tap water. And, and I don't, I don't have a water okay. profile from Central Wisconsin here, no. Mm -hmm. You know what, well, I think your water is fine. The reason I asked was, Sometimes if you are adjusting your water, people will go a little nuts and over adjust. You can get like a minerality and an astringency from uh, you know, this, this the, your addition of, of chemicals to your water. So you can get like a metallic or salty or just like sort of a licking a rock type flavor, which I didn't get uh, from this beer at all. But I'm just you know, trying to think about running down where uh, any of that possible astringency might be coming from, I always think about water treatment. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're brewing with yeah, the so same water that New Glarus brews with, then mm -hmm. you got a good start there. Uh, you know, if your tap water is yeah. similar to theirs. Now, uh, yeah, they make some great beers over there. I love going to Wisconsin and tasting beer, man, let me tell you. 
Sounds good. Yeah, pretty pretty simple recipe here. I mean, just uh, um, just the two different kinds of grains, the, the German traditional hops. I did use the Kohl's, I think it's a Lallemand, um envelope, just the dry yeast for that. And I think that's where that um, characteristic of the, you, you know, um, fragrance comes from. But then I just, I used at the end, I used, um, you know, a teaspoon of Irish moss for clarification and um, a half a teaspoon of yeast nutrient. So I don't know if that yeast nutrient would be having some mineralness to it. Um, I think maybe I went a little heavy with that. I think typically recommendations a quarter teaspoon, but um, just bump that up a little bit. Maybe, maybe that might be adding some things to it, but pretty, pretty simple recipe here for my first beer getting back into it. Nice. You know, Kolsch is supposed to be simple, right? I mean, that's right. kind of the beauty of the Kolsch is that it's simple and straightforward and it's kind of an exercise in your brewing skill uh, in what you could, what you can make out of something that's actually a really simple, straightforward recipe and not a really big beer. Yeah. And there's not a lot to hide behind either. So again, yeah. like you can't really mask hop, you know, hop flavors with uh, big hops that's there. So it's just, it's a delicate beer and it's uh, you know, it's hard to brew well. So, you know, nicely job. This attempt is a good, path along your way to that perfect culture and i know you're going to find it man nice all right anything else nate or we'll let you go sounds good guys thanks appreciate the cool. feedback thanks man hey. thank you sir cheers thank you so much bye cool well um, again another beer that sounds good yeah, yeah. and we we appreciate all all these uh all these entrance efforts at sending us so much beer to so many locations Maybe we'll even get JP some beer one of these times if someone's really feeling <laughs> feeling rich. But we, we do want all of our entrants to be uh, safe and careful when you're going to uh, the UPS or mailboxes, et cetera, wherever you, we ship your stuff. Um, just be really careful sending the stuff. And, and we're sanitizing on our end and, you know, we um, are. careful with everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, if it sat on your, you know, if it sat for, for 72 hours, you're probably fine, Brian. Probably oh, yeah. I'm just joking. I'm just like, if I brought some of these over to JP, I just make sure I licked them real good first. You know, just make sure they were clean, clean them off with my tongue for beforehand. That's right. true. Yeah. That's why you're the cat of the show. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, before we take our, our second break, I want to remind you guys about Manscaped. You know, you're not really doing a whole lot, I'm sure, at home. You know, those of you who aren't uh, working a whole lot like me, or uh, you know, looking for an escape for those of you like Brian Cooper who are still working and then have to go home. Check out manscaped.com and uh, try shaving yourself. <laughs> I don't know, man. They call it below-the-waist grooming, um, which is probably a better way to put it than what I just did. But you know, that's why mm. they write the copy and I just read it. It features the uh, well. It's called the Perfect Package 3.0 Kit. And it comes with the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0, which I have and I used the other day. I love that thing, man. It was, you know, it's it's no nick, right? You're not going to nick or cut yourself. And I was a little apprehensive because I hadn't used it up till this point. But I tell you, you know, after a while, you start throwing caution to the wind. And <laughs> uh, like only you, only, I feel like only men can with that area on their body, right? Where you go you like, well, going to town on your sack. Yeah, and you go like, well, you know what? Fuck it. If if I scratch, if I if I cut myself, I cut myself. They told me I'm not going to. And mm. I tell you what, you dig that thing in there, man. There's no cuts. There's nothing. It's perfect. It's 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 wow. the grooming tool that you've been looking for. So the perfect package comes with the third generation trimmer, which is a uh, cutting edge ceramic blade. You also find the Manscaped Crop Preserver, which is an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. <coughs> 
And you can subscribe to the Perfect Package and get a new replacement blade refill for your lawnmower trimmer delivered to your door every three months. So you always have a fresh edge on that thing. It's always going to mow through your grass, so to speak. Mm. All that kind of fun stuff. So go to manscaped.com and use code BREWING. And for a limited yeah. time, you'll get not one, but two free gifts. You'll get something mm. called the Shed Travel Bag, which is a $39 value add, and the patented high-performance anti-chafing Manscaped Boxer Briefs. Patented, huh? Yeah, and I didn't know they had briefs, which makes total sense, and yeah. now I want some. So you want to hear something well, funny? Sure. I, before these guys were ever sponsors... I bought a lawnmower. I have the 2.0. Nice. And that thing's pretty badass. So the 3.0 must be like even more badass. It's pretty good. It has a little light. And I, you know what? And yeah. I, yeah. And I, you know, when I saw the light and we've talked about it on the show a couple times, like really a light, it's kind of weird, but okay, sure. It's just maybe one of those bells and whistles that looks cool. No, I yeah. used the light. Like <laughs> it was, it <laughs> really? was, yes, it was actually very, very helpful. Uh, huh. And I remember going, huh, that's very strange. I actually uh, like this thing. So uh, you can see what you're doing. Yeah. You can see what you're doing. Yeah, it was just, I, and I don't know why. It's not like, it's not like you need a, 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 a pathway or you need to be careful unless you're going to do a design or whatever. But it just, <laughs> for some reason, like, you know, illumination doing that in that area is very important. And I never realized before. So even though you can't cut yourself, it's just, it's comforting. So manscaped.com, 20% off and free shipping with code brewing. Check it out. In these days, yeah, when you can't get go out and get a haircut, at least you can keep the, you know, your undercarriage uh, looking uh, happy and Looking presentable. There, so. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Are you going to show us real quick, JP? <laughs> you want me to? I will. <laughs> Drop the trial, bro. <laughs> well, and with, with, so they have a guard, right? And so it just takes it down to like a number one or two. I don't know what it yeah. is. I don't know what it is. Or you can go really, really, you know, tight with just take the guard off. So there are two options. I didn't know that when I was using mine. So, um, yeah. Anyway, check it out. Um, all right. Useful. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come right back and we're going to wrap things up. This is Dr. Homebrew. Stay tuned. Hello, fellow BNers. This is Sully from the 21st Amendment Brewery located in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. Before Nico and I opened the 21A and before I was a professional brewer, I homebrewed on my small four-burner apartment stove in a back house in Santa Monica, California, making my extract brews before graduating to the daunting idea of all-grain brewing. Homebrew books and information was hard to come by back then. The internet hadn't been invented yet, along with other things we take for granted today, like electricity and potable water. One thing I wish I had back then when I was learning was a radio show that could teach me the ins and outs of brewing and answer questions that I had about homebrewing, a resource for making great craft beer. The 21st Amendment Brewery is excited to be a proud sponsor of Dr. Homebrew, a great show that teaches you what you need to know about making incredible beer. Good stuff. Listen up, you might learn something. I certainly did. And thanks for your support. Tasty Crack Games. All right, thanks for joining us, everybody. Thanks for sticking with us, I should say. It's Dr. Homebrew. We're about to wrap things up. Thank you very much to Keith 
and Nate for sending in some beers. Thank you to Brian and Brian for uh, setting up this technological web of communication that we're in right now. For sure. And uh, we're going to talk to a few more people here coming up next. But if you are impatient, just go ahead and uh, fast forward to the next episode, I suppose. And if you are at the last episode, go back. We have, I don't know, what, five years or some of this, Brian, of, of Dr. Homebrew episodes to comb through. You can also listen to the session, of course. You can also listen to, um, I don't know, what is it, Bruce Strong? They're still doing that show. Yeah. Um, a whole bunch oh, of cool stuff on the Brewing Network. And I will say, by the time this releases, I think we're going to have a T-shirt shop up on TeePublic. You can go to TeePublic.com slash, I think, I think it's the, the hyphen, no, it's Brewing Network store, but like hyphens in between. I don't know. Just search Brewing Network on uh, TeePublic. And you'll be able to order some of our old shirt designs as well, like the original BN Army logo. Wow. Yeah, I know. It'll be a good time. And we have a new one up there, too, uh, just for the uh, lockdown. So we'll check that out by the time this airs. If you're listening to it now, just go over there, buy a shirt, support the boys here at the Brewing Network. Uh, we we need it. We need your support. Like any other yeah. small business, uh, the way we get paid is either donations. So you can go to paypal.com. I think I, don't, I forget what I think. Go to, just go to the Brewing Network. And it'll tell you all the way, all the ways to donate. But you can donate via PayPal. You can sign up for a re, uh, recurring uh, subscription, and uh, that supports the show. Um, a good way also is to support our sponsors as well. So everybody you heard during the breaks, everybody you heard during our live reads, that keeps the lights on as well. Um, you can also um, support us through our Amazon link right there. You're already doing some Amazon shopping. Um, Go ahead and uh, and use our link there. That really helps us uh, in different ways as well. So um, support the Brewing Network. Keep us on the air. Uh, stay safe. Yeah. Wash your hands. Stay home if you need to. Uh, if you don't need to be out, don't worry about it. Don't go to the beach. Brian Sharp, I'm looking at you. <laughs> oh, look at that tan. He's got yeah. Before we get too far from this T-shirt shop, is Public going to have the classic uh, lunch meat good noon shirts? No, because I cannot find the original uh, artwork for that. Ah, damn it. I know. So if anybody out there has that official artwork, because we, we didn't do that. We had two people do that. Uh, they were just, you know, listeners. I, I think Blobber did one, but it was like an MS Paint, and it just it looks terrible. I don't know if it'll print well. Um, and then the other one, I have no idea. So uh, I'm looking for that artwork. If you have it, send it to me, please, and I'll put it up there, and we'll sell it. I think an, yeah. I think a sweet shirt made out of MS Paint would be like just the classic shirt to have. It is, it is absolutely. Um, all right, everybody, thanks a lot. We're gonna get out of here. Take care of yourself. Take care of each other, and uh, we'll see. <laughs>